touchdown passes last year. This one's knocked up. Bowers tips it to himself, and he'll score. Snaps it anyway. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, he has trouble with the snap. Here's a blast, and Plumnik didn't see it coming. He got blasted by Kalen Deloach, who has the ball and is heading toward the end zone. What is going on, guys? Mm-hmm. It is episode 48 of yep. College Football Talk. It's crazy we're here already. We are almost to episode 50, guys. It is so good to be here. Yeah. Talking college football. We have a week 10 recap episode today. But as always, hit that subscribe button, guys. You don't want to miss a minute of what we have got stored for the rest of the year. Um, we have recaps, previews, analysis of all the biggest games of the year. Yep. Make sure you guys are subscribing on YouTube and on Spotify. But first, more importantly, just watch. Watch. But hit subscribe if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. There's no, no penalty for it. Just hit subscribe. It's the best thing you could do. Yes, it makes us look good, and it it should bring a smile to your face. <laughs> Re- realistically speaking. Yeah, yeah. Realistically speaking, you need to, you need to, yeah. Come on. Yes. So, um, quick rundown. We got playoff reaction number two tonight. Mm-hmm. Playoff rankings number two with reactions, uh, and then we got Alabama Georgia game, Alabama game, Georgia game, Texas game, Washington. What we're really going to in depthly look at. Uh, we got a new segment, Hot Seat, where I got a couple questions that's really more of a yes or no or pick one. And yeah. then Winners and Losers of the Week. So, got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to get right into it. We're going to start, though, with the playoff rankings that just popped out as I am going to. There we go. Mm-hmm. So, if you are watching on or listening on Spotify, we have the rankings of this week's November 7th, 2023 editions, play, uh, College Football Playoff Rankings. That came out tonight. Um, we're going to go in order from 25 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So Kansas State, North Carolina, 24. Tulane, 23. Right now they are the only non-FBS team in the top 25, so they would be the New Year's Six front runner. Yeah. Uh, shout out James Madison, though. They are uh, trying to – they sent a letter or something to the NCAA asking them to remove their bowl transition penalty – or whatever you call it, like the transition years. Gap. Yeah. They're trying to, they asked them to remove that, saying that they're 9 0, multiple wins over FPS teams, and that they should be because they're not even eligible for their conference championship game either. Yeah. So they're asking them to remove that because it is kind of retarded. Excuse me. It is dumb. Yeah, it is dumb. dumb. Jack, I mean, Jacksonville State, too. They're 7 and 2. Yeah. Why, why can't they're now they're stuck in the same situation? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so just get rid of it. Or make it a year. Don't three through the three mm-hmm. years. This is it's ridiculous. Not in this day and age when NIL transfer portal is such a thing. Like you can make a quality team within an off season. Yeah, off season. Um, so just make it a year. Back to the rankings though. So twenty three is Tulane. Twenty two through nineteen Iowa, Arizona, Notre Dame, LSU. Um, 
Utah, Oklahoma, Kansas at 16, Oklahoma State 15, Missouri 14, Tennessee 13, Oregon State 12, mm-hmm. uh, Louisville 11. Um, right there, though, let's, let me get pause right there at 11. <coughs> Excuse me. Dylan, um, anything catch your eye, though, from 11 to 25? Um, biggest things we've noticed is UNC jumping back into the top 25 after not really doing anything to get back into the top 25. I think they beat I mean, Campbell. Hey, listen, the fighting Campbells, you got to watch out for them. Oh, uh, also, you know, just Arizona. Even though they don't, they I think they have a worse record than everybody behind them. You know, six and three Arizona, but quality wins mm-hmm. over Oregon State, who's number twelve. Yep. UCLA, who was ranked not ranked last week. They dropped um, out. Yeah, yeah. so like a quality win there. Like mm-hmm. Jed Fish has got this program going in the right direction, and it's yeah. really good to see. Excited um, they, to see them. They the can 12. still finish. They have a couple games, uh, winnable games on their schedule. So I like where mm-hmm. they're going. Um, for me, uh, Notre Dame still being ranked is a little weird. Yeah, I mean, seven and three Notre Dame is nothing crazy, especially how like they've played. I don't know. It just feels yeah. like they shouldn't be ranked anymore. Uh, USC not being ranked anymore. Remember, they started in the top 10. Yep. They're not even ranked. LSU only dropped five spots. Get it? I mean, it was a tough game. Kansas mm-hmm. State stayed in the poll after what happened this weekend Texas, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, only one. They're only being one FC, oh, one non FBS team, something. Mm-hmm. Feels like, you know, it always feels like there should be like more than one, but they're just. Well, isn't. we would have had Air Force in here if they but, didn't lose to Army. Hate to see it. Yep. Well, it was really and open. They went. Outside of that, I mean, nobody else has been really. There's yeah. James Madison and Jackson, like Jacksonville State, but like, mm-hmm. they're not being ranked because they can't do anything. I look at the t- those. Uh, honestly, like, I look that Big Twelve kind of series right there, fifteen through seventeen. Mm-hmm. Like all of those teams are right there in it. Oklahoma, not really anymore, but you know. It's just all these. There's. It just shows like the Big Twelve how like competitively like there's not yeah. really any separation between anybody, which is awesome to see because it brings parity, keeps everyone on edge. There's no like guarantees. Yeah, which I love to see. Um, but ten through number one, top ten mm-hmm. this week is Penn State at ten. Yep. They come in as. I, as I thought, I thought oh, they would drop Oklahoma dropped out. Not as far as I thought they fell to 17, but yeah, the 10 and then Ole Miss snuck up to nine and then it's Bama, Texas, Oregon, Washington. And then the top four stay the same. It is Florida state, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio state. Yep. Biggest thing still takeaway is the committee favors head to heads mm-hmm. um, as shown with Washington over Oregon. Texas over Bama. They also favor Oregon as the top one loss team. Yeah. Which is also something to know that even with the one loss being to Washington, like they still favor, they like them as the best one loss team. Yeah. And, you know, you could say, well, Bama is also, you know, Bama has been playing light and day better than what we saw them doing against USF. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're just continually continuing to get better. I think they win. They've about put the, I think Georgia, the Georgia Ole Miss game this weekend determines pretty much the outcomes of both divisions. 
Yeah. I got to think because if Georgia wins, they lock up the East, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if Bama and then if Ole Miss loses by that, by that count, I think Bama would lock up the West because of yeah. tie, because they would already have the tiebreaker. Have the tiebreaker. So Bama, I mean, as bad as of a start from their standards, they started with the year. I mean, they're going to mm. probably roll into Atlanta one loss. So yeah, top four staying the same. No surprise. I think if Georgia beats Ole Miss this weekend, though, I think they'll hop to one. Mm-hmm. And Penn State, Michigan, really big game. It's like Michigan's only first game of the year. Feels like that's somewhat respectable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if Penn State beats them, I wonder how far Michigan would drop. I wouldn't see them leaving the ten top ten, but I think they follow behind, like the one lost squad. Yeah. I think if you're Florida State, you keep you keep you're a big Louisville fan. Yeah. You need Louisville to be what keep winning to keep mm. your resume looking somewhat good. Yeah. Because, I mean, Florida State's probably the one team right there out of the four, out of the five that are undefeated left that probably have, outside of the LSU game, not much to say. Yeah. So they need Louisville to keep winning. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. A lot of big games this weekend, though. So, mm-hmm. A lot of big hey, games. Hey, you know what I'll say, though? The – um. The Boston College win is looking better and better every week. They, They're they, all bound. They are six and three. <laughs> they started one and three. They are now five yeah. straight wins to six and mm-hmm. three. The Duke game is looking less and less good, though, especially now yeah. that they have three losses. If North Carolina beats them, that'll be a four loss team, mm-hmm. realistically. I mean, LSU, you need LSU to keep winning or try to yeah. get back on right track. But yeah, hey, LSU is yeah. going to get a bounce back game against Florida soon, too. Yeah, well, that's next week. They got um, – who do they have this week? They have – They probably have an FCS. Well, they do have Florida. Never mind. What am I saying? I'm just thinking of the yeah. Missouri game next week. So, they have, yeah, Florida Florida this week. <laughs> they get but Florida at home. Is Jordan is Jaden Daniels playing is the question. I don't know. Let me check. Because Nussmeyer came in. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. Here. Actually, I mean, we could actually – we'll make that a segue. <laughs> we'll make this a segue. We're going to drop that down. So, Bama – Takes out LSU 42-28 was yep. the final in Tuscaloosa Saturday night game. Uh, electric atmosphere, as always, mm-hmm. in Bright Denny. Um, honestly, it was a shootout from probably the very start. Yeah. Both quarterbacks ran the ball efficiently. It was like having two running backs in the backfield. I mean, for Alabama, it literally was because Jalen Milrow was their leading passer, obviously, and their leading yeah. rusher. So. 42-28, like I said. Uh, the big story, though, was the uh, Jaden Daniels injury he mm-hmm. took in the fourth quarter. The game was already at 42-28. Uh, LSU had thrown a pick, like the drive before that, that really yeah. hurt them because they were all right field position, I think. And then it, this, it was an unfortunate play, too, because it was just batted up in the air at the line. And mm-hmm. then he ended, up get, he ended up getting picked. Yeah. Tough spot there. Uh, and then LSU take or Daniels takes a huge shot from Dallas Turner. A lot of people thought it was targeting. I didn't think it was targeting, but I, I didn't mean, think it was targeting either. I didn't see no. There it wasn't was a lot of head to head on it. It was more. It got called for rough in the passer, but no targeting, yeah. which I'm fine with. Dallas Turner adds that to his list right there. He took out Quinn Ewers last year. Mm-hmm. Daniels this year, and then Nussmeyer came in. 
there was no no slouch. You know, he can throw the ball, but yeah, I think the two biggest things is LSU's uh, still can't play defense, mm-hmm. um, and then Alabama's second half adjustments have just saved their season against these some of these big teams. They yeah. this year. That's what I took away. Things. No, that's completely fair. I do think. If Daniels doesn't go down, maybe there's a slight chance LSU keeps it a little bit closer. I mean, it was a 14-point loss. It's not a horrible loss. But um, I do think if we we could be seeing a little – I think Alabama wins either way here. Yeah. Alabama was just the better team out there. I mean, Alabama had over 500 yards total offense. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball for 288 yards. Jalen Miller rushed for 155 yards on 20 carries. He had four touchdowns on the ground. On the ground, he threw for 219. Uh, They averaged over six yards a carry on the ground. They rushed it for 46 times. Yeah. 46 times. They had 11 third down completions, 11 of 14, 28 first downs. Just an utter out – I mean, out just – Total domination from that yeah. side of the ball. When we talked about that, I mean, it was going to be, it was going to have to be a shootout for LSU because their defense just was not good enough. And they mm-hmm. were going to have to contain Milrow. Um, vice versa, they were going to have to contain Daniels. Daniels was able to do his thing as well. Mm-hmm. But they were going to have to contain Milrow at some point. They were not really able to. And yeah. Bama just went up and down the field as they wanted to. I mean, even when LSU took the lead, it was a quick strike back. And that's just been the story for for LSU all year this year. It's just been defense has been an issue, big Mm -hmm. issue. And the offense has been the one – Jay Daniels has had to carry the load. Yeah. I still think Jay Daniels played exceptionally well for what the circumstances were. And he should still be in the Heisman running, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the only – I don't think he wins now. He doesn't win. I think Michael Penix's performance he had to – Helped him a lot, but I still think he's yeah. a, he should be. New York. I mean, because right now, who do you think is going to go to New York? Probably, uh, it would be Daniels, Penix, depending on how Bo Nix finishes him, and probably. I still like Ollie Gordon to go, but I don't know if he will. Yeah. If Brock Bowers is healthy right now, by I the way, there he he's been practicing. He's been running, like sprinting. Because I see the top five odds right now, right? Carson Beck, uh, if he has a solid game, he's still right there. I don't yeah. think he'll win it, but he could be there. So the top five odds right now are Penix, Knicks, Daniels, McCarthy, and then Jordan Travis. Those are the top five odds favorites. No. I think if I, – I, I just like Ollie Gordon – I think he's just been exceptionally well. He had a he had a really he had a good day again against Oklahoma. He got banged up though, but he was able to come back in yeah. the game. But as far as like LSU though, I think entering the year, I saw this as a potential issue. Mm-hmm. They brought in a lot of transfers, and when you bring in a lot of transfers, you can either work out really well or yeah. it can be just and you just have that ugly stinky year where nothing just gels right mm-hmm. and you get what you get right there do you think it's a little bit rough what happened ollie gordon by the way sidetrack off topic yeah. is yeah i'll let you think about that 
uh, 33 carry, another 33 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Just put him in, get him in New York. Ollie Gordon. Especially if Oklahoma State goes from getting blown out by South Alabama yeah. to winning the Big 12 championship. They have these, they are the second best odds right now. And it's a, like them in Texas. Yeah, and they, only have like, one, they only have one in conference loss. It's Texas and Oklahoma State with like close odds. And then everybody else mm-hmm. is just far back down. Yeah. Cause I don't think. As long as those teams keep winning, nobody else can even break in. Exactly. So, and I don't but, think they play anybody else in the. They play like all actually, the newcomers. They play UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, I believe, the rest of the Yeah. Way. So all the new. I think Texas. Texas plays who? They have TCU Texas this Tech? week. TCU, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. So the biggest game they play is Iowa State. They're at TCU this week. You never know. I mean, let's be honest with Listen, ourselves. I think until, we do know this year. Listen, until Quinn Ewers comes back, I can't ever guarantee anything. I don't know. TCU is four and five, and they're starting a brand new quarterback. Never, never know. Maybe it's a spark. I don't know. Oh, but back to the question before we move on. Like, yep. Where do you do you think? Where does do they do they need to fire their DC? We saw USC do it, but just I mean, like what what's the really next close step to it. for this? I defense? mean, you're like. Problem is their defense looked good last year, yeah. and they have like a, you know recruiting rankings and portal predictions say that they have good athletes on defense, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to make that argument right away if like the defensive coordinator is a serious part of recruiting. Like, do you fire him? But at the same time, it's like it, this is as bad as it gets. It's yeah, it's... like this is bad, bad. It'll be definitely something they'll have to figure out next or going into the off season, but but as far as the offense goes, offense is still good. I offense guess, is great. Regardless of who plays quarterback this week, they should win. Mm-hmm. So their schedule's not as their schedule should be defined down the stretch. They have Florida, I uh, Florida, um, Texas A and M, and Georgia State. Georgia State. So they'll finish. They'll win out. Right. They'll win the next yeah. three. So. No, I do think it's funny that they get a better um, channel for the Georgia State game than the Florida game. A little bit funny that that game got reduced to SEC Network, but Georgia State's going on ESPN too. Nice, nice. All right, we're going to move on. Oh, actually, you know what? Here, sidetrack because we talked all about LSU right there. Bama. Yep. Jalen Miller has played exceptionally well last couple, last pretty much since the second half of the Ole Miss game. Yeah. And the second half adjustments have just been outstanding by Alabama. They are outscored, I believe, the between Tennessee, LSU, and Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Second half, so I think it's fifty-six to ten. So yes. they're scoring and they're shutting you down. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Steele and uh, Kevin Steele. Oh, who's their OC? It's uh, oh Tommy Reese. Yeah, they're doing great jobs at just making those adjustments. Those in-game adjustments have just completely been able to be like a weapon, like a mm-hmm. just an ex, extra tool like in the arsenal. Yeah. That no team has been able to just even compete with them in the second half, it feels like. So they are going to be one tough out just because they're able the way they're able to obviously make in-game adjustments mm-hmm. is something that's really helping them out. And yeah. if Jalen Milrow, they keep they're playing now to what Milrow's good. They're playing to his strengths. In the beginning of the year it wasn't like that. 
You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. like they were still figuring out who was going to play quarterback and giving Milro. Like they weren't playing Milro to what he's good at. Now they are, and it's helping him out really good. Mm-hmm. I still think though, yeah. if a team's able to keep him contained and force him to beat you with his arm, I still think you can get him that way. You can look at the AM game. You can look a little bit maybe at the Tennessee game some, but mm-hmm. it's just I still think there's there's a spot right there. But I mean, yeah. no team's been able to do it, so there's no need to think about it. Um, yeah. But we're ready. I, I, I do want to bring ahead. up one more thing, just so you know, everybody understands the conference standings right now. So Georgia is atop the East at six and zero in conference, but Missouri and Tennessee are both three and two. So Georgia wins this week against Ole Miss. They clinch it, and Alabama would also clinch. The West with a win because they're six and zero in conference, but Ole Miss is five and one. Yeah, so Ole Miss has to needs to win. Yeah. They need Bama to lose. Bama just needs to win either Kentucky or Auburn, and they win the conference. Yeah, they'll win the division. Honestly, yeah, they actually they really yeah. need to lose next two two of the both of them. They need to lose both. That's what I'm saying. They and Alabama wins either one of those games, they clinch the division. Yeah, I mean they're both road games, and Saban is some reason is like a house of horrors and Jordan Hare. Yeah. So maybe old Hugh has something trick to pull old miss memories up his sleeve, but you know, dual quarterback system that you put against Georgia out of nowhere. Yeah, that dual quarterback crap. Just that was awful. He set himself up to lose in that game. I was like, what is this guy doing? Pick a quarterback. All right, we're moving on though. <laughs> we got Georgia. We got Missouri mm-hmm. next up on the tap. Yep. I, I wrote something down about this game on my flashcard, but I did. Uh anyway, uh Georgia 30 to 21 was the final. Yep. I thought Missouri was not really going to be able to compete in this game. I'm mm-hmm. going to own that. I, Missouri, yeah. I knew they were really good, but I just thought Georgia, this was a great spot for Georgia to just mm-hmm. ank, just let loose your iron fist and just smash this team. Yeah. They did. Old Missouri had a second half lead. It was 13 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. 13 10. So they had a second half lead, but at the end of the day, Georgia, couple touchdowns, pull up them, get an eleven point lead in the fourth. Yeah. Um. Missouri was able to cut it. To three two, point at the beginning two, of the fourth. Three. Yeah. And then Georgia hit two field goals, but mm-hmm. the two late, two late interceptions from by Brady Cook really, pretty much sunk That's the a, chip. Shout yeah. out to Stackhouse with mm-hmm. the huge interception by the big man. His, his return got pulled back by a phantom block in the back hall, which I still have yet to see by Smile Munden. Uh, and then the pick by, uh, I believe it was Tyke Smith. I could be wrong, but I would have to double check. But I believe it was Tyke Smith that ended up having the game-winning clinch. Um, the biggest thing I wrote down was the red zone, which plagued Missouri last year in this yeah. game. It was field goals that really saved Georgia last year with keep up in it. Mm-hmm. This year, Missouri could not capitalize again. Yep. They went three of three in the red zone, 14 points. But like right there, 14 points. Only they only scored one time. Two yeah. field goals. Georgia five of five for in the red zone, 27 yep. points. Georgia had uh nine more minutes of possession, too. Nine more minutes. They were even on first downs. Honestly, the, the first half was about as 
like a standstill, a defensive standstill as you want to find one. Yeah. I think it was 10-10 going into the half. Like neither team was really doing anything. LSU or mm-hmm. LSU, Missouri jumped out early with a yeah. Luther Burden touchdown. Luther Burden, uh, three yard three catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. Um they shot him. Kamari Lasseter was able to they they were able to pretty much shut him down as equivalently mm-hmm. really take out the big touchdown pass. That was only, I mean, really nothing. So they were able to do well keeping him in check. Yeah. Uh Cody Schrader was able to do a really good job of bouncing off, getting that outside zone, mm-hmm. getting leverage on the outside. They did a good job that way. He had over a hundred yards rushing. Brady Cook really was good, effective. I thought on his with his legs, he was yeah. able to really pick up, get some, keep drives going by extending plays and getting first downs with his legs. I mean, there was a couple times in the first half where he was getting some chunk plays. But Georgia's he defense, good. he did, he played yeah, he really, really good. He looked very efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Carson Beck again, if we're looking just at that, Carson Beck, everyone keeps waiting. Everyone, I, every time I watch a show about talking football, mm-hmm. they all say when they're waiting, when's Brett going to make the mistake game? Yeah. When's he going to have a bad game? All these first-year quarterbacks have had a tough game. Drew Aller, Ohio State. Jalen Miller of Texas. Yeah. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think. Who else was a first-year starter this year? Um, Shader Sanders. At- Shader Sanders. He's had a, he's had a tough one. Yeah, they've, they've all had that one little bump in the road. It feels like, mm-hmm. but worse, Beck, Beck hasn't had one. Even when he's mm-hmm. had a slower game, it's still putting up effective numbers. He's not yeah. turning the ball over, and he's making the right ways. He's making the mm-hmm. right throws, and if he's not doesn't see it, he's either tucking it and running or he's throwing it away. And that's keeps that up. I mean, they're they're not they don't yeah. beat themselves. Georgia does not beat themselves. So if you ever want to beat them. Here's the secret: you got to play your best game. You can't make mistakes, and you got to out physically. You can't play them. If you think you're going to beat them by having them beat themselves, you're not. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So good. You can't. Good luck with that one. Yeah, I. I mean, Carson. I think Carson Beck's a pretty good quarterback. The only problem is, I just don't think he puts. Like, if you look at his numbers compared to the other guys in the Heisman race, he's just lacking the raw debt, like numbers. You know what I mean? I mean, he's still top 10 in passing yards. No, yeah, he's still top 10 in passing yards, but, you know, he's behind all of them in total touchdowns. I think he's got more turnovers than. Well, most those of the are guys a bunch of junk. 10. Those were junk time touchdowns. Or, and most of them are junk time picks, though. I mean, but it still counts. It's a yeah. pick, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a junk time pick. Yeah. Carson Beck is, let's find him on here. He is 37th in passing touchdowns. Yeah. But if you look at the teams at the top, though, what do what does USC, LSU, Washington, Colorado, all have in common? Great offenses. Great offenses and what? Bad defenses. Poor, there it is. Poor defenses. The only outlier on that one is Oregon because Oregon has a very good defense. Yeah, they, they, their offense is outstanding. Mm-hmm. But. They don't. They're asking Beck to do what he. They're not asking him to do anything crazy. They're asking him to do what he needs to do, mm-hmm. and he just keeps on elevating. And they keep getting better and better. Their start number after that Kentucky game it was just a slow ascent up. Yeah, and here they come, and now it's the stretch now. 
where either you know you're either going to make or break your season because now you got Ole Miss and you mm-hmm. got Tennessee. You're either going to clinch the East or now you're going to you could set it up with a do or die game, a SEC East championship game in Knoxville. And oh man, I can't wait. I was supposed to go to this game this upcoming weekend, but things happen. But yeah, as far no, as this yeah. game goes, Georgia, I thought really was able to protect Beck better in the second half. Mm-hmm. They were not able to they, they got pre, there was just O line not O line play was not at standard in the first half. Yeah. Too many quarterback pressures, too many sacks. Deshaun Edwards got going in the second half. They were able to wear down, I think, Missouri just a tad bit mm-hmm. than what Missouri wanted. The crowd needs to be better. The crowd wasn't as effective as I thought it was, but they'll be ready to roll next weekend or this upcoming weekend. Uh, but if you're Missouri, I know, listen, Missouri's a great ball club. I think they're a really good team. I think they are going – Luther Burton's questionable going into this week, but other than that, like, they they should keep Tennessee on edge, but – yeah, but yeah, a solid ball club for sure. But listen, if you're Georgia, you're nine and zero. Now you got everything still ahead of you. The train just keeps on moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, we're gonna yeah. move on. Though. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, just because I don't think we're doing a segment on Florida State or the ACC at all, I do want to let everybody know Florida State did clinch the ACC title game. They will play no matter what. However. Um, it's. I don't think anybody does. It's actually completely wide open. Who could be the other team? Um, Louisville. Our Louisville has one loss, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams with two in-conference losses. It feels like L- FSU is going to just become like the Clemson game, or Clemson, where they're just going to whoever plays Florida State is just going to get waxed. Yeah. I think there's the craziest thing. I think there's a very good chance it ends up being Georgia Tech or Boston College. That'd be so funny. <laughs> so just because they have the easiest schedule, Louisville still has to, you know, Louisville has like a more difficult schedule. Mm-hmm. They have to play Virginia and they have to go to Miami. Yeah. So I think Georgia Tech gets somewhat. Let me just double check it because they're number two or number three right now. Yeah, they get um. They get they get to go to Clemson and then they get Syracuse. So mm-hmm. theirs isn't easy either. But I think Georgia Tech actually is going to end up being the team Florida State faces. There we go. All right, we're going to move on though. Texas mm-hmm. survives Kansas State, which game yes. I thought was not going to be competitive at all after mm-hmm. looking at scoreboard. Texas jumped out to a seventeen nothing lead. Yeah, it was like uh oh, all horns, hook them. Mm-hmm. And I was at the Florida Arkansas game this weekend. That's why my sunburn is bad on my face. Uh, and they would show the score. They were showing the score updates, and they showed it was 17 nothing. There was a clip of Jonathan Brooks scoring, and mm-hmm. oh, man, look at the Longhorns. And I believe it was like the third, late third, they showed an update. Yeah. And, and it was like 17 all, 20 to 17. I'm like, whoa, look at the Wildcats are back. What's well, because they, sco- they outscored them. Mm-hmm. So 16 to three in the fourth and yeah. clawed all the way back. They missed a field goal with what, like a minute and 45 seconds left. Got mm-hmm. the ball back, got back in field goal range to get it to overtime. Yeah. And then there were, I guess there were some field goal issues going on. So they elected to not kick a chip shot field goal, would have sent it to double OT and mm-hmm. ended up being a 
bad, just up, unfortunate play where I think where Will Heller got sacked. Texas survives in overtime. Yeah. Biggest thing for me is that Texas shows me that that even as Texas is, feels like the big dog, there's this this conference is wide open still. Yeah. There's not yeah. a clear cut favorite. Any game is going to be a. Any game is like I think I said when we we're talking about the rankings. Like the parity in this conference is going to cannibalize itself. I could just yeah. feel it already. Because Texas was a loss right there away from saying, "We'll see you next year, playoffs." Because yeah, they they weren't going to do anything after that. You can't blow a seventeen nothing lead at home. Mm-hmm. I look. Kansas State is a great program, but you can't blow one at lead and then. Expect if you lost, expect to do anything else. Mm-hmm. So that's what I took away. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I mean, look, um, Texas did go up at one point 27 to 7. They had a 20 point lead over Kansas State, and then everything Crazy. kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they gave up back to back touchdowns, um, within a minute of each other. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and they, you know, they let they let Kansas State crawl back into this game. Obviously, they ended up winning, so you yeah. know what I mean? gave Texas the credit for pulling through at the end, but, like, man. Texas had a 92.9% win probability with a minute and 34 left in the game. Yep. And it went to overtime where Kansas State took a 68% lead in the win probability. Mm-hmm. Uh, even back third, it was third down and three, 96.6% win probability when Texas was up 24-7. Yeah, in the third quarter with nine minutes to go, they were up seventeen and about lost. Crazy, the Big Twelve, that's Big Twelve football right there. Yeah, you yeah. want AD Mitchell eight receptions, one hundred forty nine yards. He had a huge game. Malik Murphy had a really mm-hmm. he had a he had a good game. Two forty eight. He did throw two picks, touchdown. I feel like Texas was was a little bit lackadaisical. They got that big lead and then kind of took their foot off the gas. Will mm-hmm. Howard had a really nice day, three over three twenty set, three over three twenty seven, four touchdowns. Wildcats show no quit. Listen, as a former Big Twelve champs, like you know, everyone's going to go out and try to knock you down, and you know they're not going to make it there this year. But for what they showed, though, like they don't, they don't quit. You're going to have to beat them for all four quarters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, lost in overtime. Took a 61-yarder from Missouri to beat you. And I believe the other game they lost was another heartbreaker. What was it? It was, oh, Oklahoma State, 29-21. Yeah. So all of their losses have come by less than 10 points. So just, I mean, if you think about it, a couple plays here and there, you're looking at a different story. So Mm -hmm. where do you think Texas is right now? After that, I you got actually, TC coming up. Yep, I think Just, I think Texas is in a good spot. I mean, for the most part, they get a. I know you, you know, anything could happen, but I do think it's a relatively easy game against TCU, who's going to be starting another backup because yeah. they've had problems with their other backup. Um, they just they're sure. not very good this season. They seem out of sync. They don't seem like the same team they were last year. Mm-hmm. So I think they have a really good game against TCU where they could get guys healthy. Um, Malik Murphy is not very good. Just straight up honest with you, he's serviceable as a backup. He is not a future starter at this program. So <clears throat> I would not be surprised if 
Arch Manning ends up warming up and playing some of this next game against TCU. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I just don't think Malik Murphy is – he's just not great. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, so I, I think Texas is in a really good spot, especially just for their hope to win the Big 12, right? Mm-hmm. They get – they get to go to TCU, they go to Iowa State, and they get Texas Tech at home, right? Yeah. And those are all night games. All three are night games. Do you still put Texas as the your top favorite to win the Big 12? Yes. They're 5-1. and one. Um, Obviously, all three of their games are against Big 12 teams, but for the remaining Big 12 teams, just looking at schedules, I do think they have one of the easier schedules. Oklahoma still has to play uh, West Virginia. Mounties, um, Mounties, the – Oklahoma State does have a real relatively easy schedule, but they do have to go to UCF and to Houston. A little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas State has to go has to play Baylor, go to Kansas, and then they get Iowa State. So I think of those teams at the top, I do think Texas has one of the easier remaining schedules. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get Texas Tech at home, you get to go to TCU when they're as down as they can be. And then you get Iowa State at an 8 p.m. kickoff. Mm-hmm. For everything, I think they have a pretty good just cruise right into the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State. I like Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma State's the team to be right now in the Big 12. They just keep on finding ways to I win. I mean, they can find ways to win, but I mean, when you're Texas, you're Texas, right? It really. I think if big, I think if they want to win, though, they need they need viewers back. I uh, yeah. That, that's my only thing is is like. Texas doesn't can't get where they would need to be without yours at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. And as far as the Arch Manning thing goes, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a little shot. I think it depends on how the game's going, too, because I think Murphy's yeah. going to be the starter. No, I think so, too. If they fall behind, let's see. You know, don't maybe, be surprised. Maybe don't they need like a quarterback change. Yeah, don't be surprised if we end up seeing something about Arch Manning getting playtime. There we go. Texas football right there. Hook'em horns. Mm-hmm. All right. Our, we will go to our final game like that we'll really talk about before we get into the hot seat. Yep. That it was the Pac-12 game. It was the ABC game of the week. It was Washington. It was USC. The Trojans were outlasted by the Huskies 52-42. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a all-out track meet pretty yeah. much this entire game. Uh, it was 35-28 was the – a score going into half. That's right, half. Yeah, that's normal. You know, you know, we talk about with. Oh, I will ahead. say this. You know, me and Hunter did say on this show, we're looking at the over. What would you know? The over yeah. did hit. The over did hit. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. It's, they almost put up a hundred <laughs> points together. I mean, it was. <laughs> the, I will um, say, USC's offense. Really did feel like they put everything on the line in this game. Yeah, like this was the game they want. They Caleb Williams had a night. He three, did uh, twenty-seven, thirty-five, three, twelve, and three touchdowns. He, I, I don't think Washington has the greatest defense, but there's been a lot of talk about Caleb Williams not being able to play against top twenty-five competition. Uh, he killed it this night. So you know, I first want to give respect to uh, USC and Caleb Williams. They did play their asses off in this game, but they, they came short when it counted on the most important side of the ball for them. And that led to a defensive coordinator of certain of theirs being let go 
Uh, yep. Alex Grinch no longer with the program. I don't. I mm. think it's. I think if you're Oregon, you're a little upset. You're like, why? Why can't yeah. we get right with USC's defense? <clears throat> um, put it in perspective how USC's defense is always a get get right game for teams. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Dylan Johnson, Washington's running back. I believe I saw a stat. He had never had a hundred yard rushing game. Mm-hmm. He rushed for 256 yards on four touch and four touchdowns. Yeah. So if that just says anything about USC's defense, I think it's all we need to know. They Michael Penix played a great game. He had one touchdown in the first quarter. He was going out of bounds and just tossed a BB to the back corner of the end zone and, mm-hmm. and a, a beautiful touchdown. And Washington, which, you know, was yeah, at one point they were just trading back and forth blows, but then Washington finally got a little separation and ended up winning by yeah. 10. Michael Penix, 256 yards, two touchdowns. Caleb Williams, like you said, 312, three touchdowns. It was an all out offensive battle. Washington's defense, again, still hasn't really impressed me at all. Yeah. They yeah, still, no, they, they, as bad as we trash on USC, as, as least I do. Washington's defense is no much, not much better. Like they, they are very susceptible to giving up plays, just big chunk, big numbers through the air. Mm -hmm. If you want to call it that, I'm going to, what, like, do you, is that, is that an issue going down? It's like Utah, for example, coming up. Yeah. We saw what Utah did with USC's defense, and you Mm -hmm. saw what USC was able to do to Washington's defense. Oregon's done the same thing to Washington's defense. Yeah. Does Utah have any success? I think they can. Well, I do think the problem is for Utah is they have to go to Seattle, though. That's I mean, we fun. saw Arizona State hung in there. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's not even – I think Utah plays a good enough hostile place. Like, I'm looking at strictly, like, can that offense mm-hmm. – is there a path where Utah has similar offensively success? I mean, maybe. I mean, look, they got torched against Oregon, though, right? When it comes to Utah's offense, I mean, but that was coming off the USC game. I mean, that just felt yeah. like the letdown of a century, right there. And Washington has been on a. I mean, since the their defense is obviously pretty bad. They give up thirty-three points to Stanford. I mean, yeah. Stanford not doesn't score anything. Impressive. Yeah. I mean, USC held Stanford to 10. Like, put that in perspective. Stanford, do that. Stanford was a fourth down drop away from possibly winning that game. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think there's a decent chance that Utah will give Washington a scare. But I just – I don't see them winning this football game. Washington is ranked – Obviously, we're, we're looking a little bit ahead here, but – Washington ranks 121st in passing mm-hmm. yards allowed. Yeah. They give up about six, almost seven yards attempt, 10 yards a completion, mm-hmm. and yards per game to about 270. That's just passing yards allowed. Yeah. We're looking at total defense, though. It's pretty similar. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they just, they're not very good defensively. I mean, that's just what it is. I think I'm telling you. I think Utah is going to be able to if they're able if Bryson Barnes is able to get right again. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just put up 55. So I mean, who's to say? You know, I mean, yeah. they ranked the hundredth in total defense. 
They, I mean, it's like they're they're averaging, they're giving up 413 yards a game. Yeah, Washington is so like they're no better, and I just think they're playing with fire a little bit, especially on the defensive side. Just I okay, their offense is a slip up away against a good better team mm-hmm. that can take advantage of it. Like Stanford and Arizona State were not able to do it, but I think okay. Utah can. I think Washington State can. Mm-hmm. Just they're susceptible right now. I think. There's a little little cracks kind of showing. But I listen, they're 9-0, and, and they're 5 yeah. in the country. Yeah, so there's nothing to be upset for if you're a Washington fan right now. If you're a USC fan, I think you should be ecstatic right now for several reasons. Obviously, you've wanted Alex Grinch fired since last year. So obviously, this is a good thing, right? Yeah. But more than anything, to me, this seems like uh, Lincoln Riley is not leaving USC for an NFL job. No. Um, if you look at just firing firing a defensive coordinator is normally a move you would do to save your job. Yeah. You normally would not fire your defensive coordinator if you're planning to leave in a couple of weeks, right? So if I'm a USC fan, this is a fantastic outcome because not only is you you know the biggest problem with the coaching staff gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it tells that the head coach still cares about winning. Which yeah. is normally something a guy with the foot out the door does not do. Normally, the, the guy with the foot out the door is more interested in, oh, who can I bring from this squad to the NFL team? Right. If so, you're USC, do you promote within or do you find somebody outside? I think you see the next three games because they, they, their interim defensive coordinator right now is their defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see some stuff from him. He look, he was as interesting history. Um, I'll pull it up real quick for you. Um, one sec. I was just reading about him. Uh, Sean Nua is their new defensive coordinator for the time being. Obviously, why is everything slowed down? And he's you know he's coached at a couple other schools. He was the defensive line coach at Michigan for nineteen to twenty twenty one. So he has history coaching de- decent defenses. So I would, I would be very interested. And possibly promoting him, depending on what happens in the next couple of days. He was also a Pittsburgh Steeler, just to let you know. Look at that. Love to see it. Love to see it. But yeah, no, like, I yeah. agree with you there. You got it's almost like a trial run. See what you exactly, can do. yeah. See what you yeah, can do. He was he was Jim Harbaugh's a defensive line coach at Gotcha Michigan. So he was he's you know he's coached good defenses. All right, we're gonna move on though. To what we like to call this new segment, the one second, uh, the hot seat, where I mm-hmm. am going to, I got four questionable statements, and Dylan and I will choose which team that we think is the answer. Yeah, pretty much that. All right, I'm going to pull this up. Yeah, already perfect. And we're going to delete that. All right, here. Dylan, hot seat mm-hmm. question number one. Okay. Which defense is worse, LSU or USC? That's a good one. This is a great question because depending on what happens this weekend, um, USC could just jump up because who knows how good this new guy they have is now, right? But I think as of today, oh, USC's defense is so much worse. <laughs> I mean, it, they've they've made they've made poor offenses look like NFL caliber teams at times this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's 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 it hasn't been pretty for them. 
So I would no. lean USC right now, but you know, this weekend everything could change, and all of a sudden we could be saying, "Hey, look out for USC next year." Right. <laughs> I, I think it, it's LSU for me. Okay, or that's not fair. LSU. It's not LSU. It's USC. It's USC, USC for yeah. me because everyone's gotten right against LSU or USC. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen against a Power Five team mm-hmm. outside of Stanford. I mean, just with a capable offense or just a competent yeah. offense that USC's able to do anything against. I mean, Utah, Washington, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. uh, who else? Oregon. Oregon's this week. Go, oh, sweet Jesus. If Bo Nix might go for 800 yards. I mean, we'll um, see. That's what I mean. Who yeah, knows? Maybe, I, maybe I just, you can't fix right. that. You can't fix that defense in a week. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not, but. <laughs> it's just everyone gets right against USC. So, you know what would be USC. crazy about that though? If USC beat Oregon, they suddenly vault back into the conversation of probably going to the Pac 12 championship. They're not going to Watson. They're not. They're, it's probably since it's in Watson. And because nobody they, they, goes they... into Watson. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody walks into Watson unless like you're like Washington. Probably. Yeah. They go in there. <laughs> Sorry. Hot seat question number two, Dylan. Yep. From a current – out of these five teams left in the SEC race that can mm-hmm. – chance to win it, between Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Missouri, technically yeah. those are like the five teams remaining that are mm-hmm. eligible to win pretty much. Yeah. Who is the most trustworthy out of those five? UGA. All right. Georgia. And they're the back-to-back champions. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you be more trustworthy than that? That's true. I I, I will agree. I'll say Georgia. You're the defending. Think, not only are you the defending SEC champion, a top yeah. alone, atop your division. You're not. It's not even an Alabama situation when you're technically tied and you're winning a tiebreaker. Yeah. It is. You are alone atop your division, coming off back-to-back national champions. I think they're easily the most. Um, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, um, yeah, Georgia. I like I I'll agree with Georgia just from the standpoint that they don't you can't you they don't beat themselves. Mm-hmm. You always have to play if you're gonna ever beat them. You gotta play their best game. Yeah, and they're because they're always gonna be able to play even on their B game B minus B plus game. Like they're still just better across mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage yeah. on both sides. I think Carson Beck's playing a, just he's just continually to ascend. I, Bama is right there with me. I think Bama, just from where they started to where they are now, is something that is really something you got to look at. My only difference is that Bama can beat themselves at times. They have Mm -hmm. shown that where penalties kill them, yeah, turnovers, sacks, just stuff like that is what gives me Georgia over Bama. But it's it's close. These two teams are an inevitable collision course, I think. And S- I mean, we'll the, see. Atlanta. We'll see. I, it's on. Yeah. I mean, this Ole Miss Georgia game is going to decide who's going to play in Atlanta. Yeah, and you know, if Ole Miss pulls the upset, I still think Georgia ends up going back to Atlanta. Just because I, I mean, they, I think they still beat Tennessee. But how um, fast would that fall? You could see a spot where the worst doomsday scenario for Georgia would be mm-hmm. the. I was just watching Josh Pate about it. Yeah, and you talk about the Oklahoma effect. Where you're all's looking good, yeah. Then you you slip up against in that case Kansas, mm-hmm. then Georgia falls to Ole Miss. Yep. 
turnaround. You got to go to, in their case, Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. Georgia's case. You got to go to Knoxville. Yeah. Oklahoma State just beat them. And now Oklahoma season is, from a national title perspective, over. Yeah. I mean, how fast could that fall where you set up now an SEC championship game mm-hmm. in Knoxville? Yeah. In front of a hundred and plus thousand people. Just I think that stadium gets up to a hundred and four thousand. It's gonna be so, sold out too. Oh yeah. So every just, seat, standing room included. Just I mean, how the doomsday, that would be the ultimate doomsday. Will it happen? Yeah. No, because Kirby Smart's the ultimate motivator of any sort of mm-hmm. sport. I mean, he's he he might be one of the like he somehow convinced a bunch of young adults into believing people They're thought Georgia would go seven and five. Like it, he's he's he has some black magic, and you know, until until we get a warlock to come in there, they're number two. The in the, here's ready. They're number two ranked. Up. They're ranked at twenty. Or number two. Yep. They don't think you're. You don't get. They. You guys don't. They say they're. You guys aren't even good. You guys aren't yeah. good. They have. You guys. They disrespect you. Yep. Uh, they're talking about how Ole Miss is going to score on your. You guys. You guys mm-hmm. going to sit there and take that, or what are you going to do? So. Next question. Bigger disappointment this year, Notre Dame or Oklahoma? That's a fantastic question. Because That's a I think great there's, response. Because I, I think there's levels to this. I think there's layers to unpack this question. Because I think when you look at it, I think coming into this season, if you just look at it from the preseason expectations, it's Notre Dame flat out. I mean, they came in with the top quarterback transfer in Sam Hartman. Mm-hmm. They coming into the Ohio State game, we're coming in against, you know, this is the game. They win this game. They're beating Ohio State for the first time since the 1920s. They're on their way, you know, all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they lose, and then they lose again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think from a preseason perspective, oh, that was just flat out and like a sad way to go. You know, they've lost three times now. So it's it, – I think from the preseason expectations, it's Notre Dame. But I think in this season, you know, every week that we watched it, right, it's got to be Oklahoma. I mean, not only did they, you know, they, they, they're they clear. They're the number one favorite for the Big 12 now, right? Mm-hmm. They separate themselves. They beat their rival Texas. They're standing alone. And then they, they throw up on themselves at Kansas. And they turn around and get embarrassed in front of little brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the last bedlam, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think, so that's what I think. I think preseason expectations is Notre Dame because they go in supposed to be a top 10 team, New Year's six, they lose three games. I, uh, I I think it's Notre Dame strictly that just how it just, Sam Hartman just hasn't played to the expectation we thought he was. Yeah. You know, they got the nice win over USC. Mm-hmm. You have, you you know, you've got Duke. You beat Duke, which is a good yep. one at Duke. But you lose to Louisville. You lose to Clemson, who's just staggering. Mm-hmm. You try to get to the finish line. Who else they lose to? They lost to uh... – oh, crap. Who they? Dylan, look who they lost to. Notre Dame? Yeah. Notre they Dame lost, lost to uh, Ohio State, Louisville. That's who it is. You and had Ohio Clemson, State yeah. on the ropes. You should have beaten Ohio yep. State. You blew. You lost it with ten guys on the field. Yep. No pun intended there. Uh, mm-hmm. You lost to Louisville, and yep. you know now the Clemson. It's just there was more, like you said. There's there was just so much more expectation wise with Hartman coming in. Yeah. That the 
how the season ended last year was supposed to be on a hot. It was on a high, and now it's just you're seven and three. Where, where you're not eligible for. You're mm-hmm. not eligible for New Year's Six. Hopefully, you finish the rest. Of the, you finish the year strong. So, but it's yeah. For OU, it was more of just a. You really didn't know what you were going to expect. I think that's why I have Notre Dame over them because I mean, yeah. who's to say Oklahoma going into the year was going to be where they same place they were last year. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Their schedule's set up set up nice enough where they are where they are, yeah. But listen, I think we're, I think they're they're fine. Just a couple hiccups on the road, but it's been Notre. It was Notre. Notre Dame. Yeah. I think that's fair. I just the way um, Oklahoma collapsed is more disappointing. Yeah, but I, I I think that's completely fair. All right, we're gonna move on to our final mm-hmm. one, and. It is uh, who, if you're in the better spot right now, uh, Miami, who is six and three and just lost both teams come off losses, Miami yeah. or Florida. I'll start. I'll go. I'm going to start. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it is going to be Miami mm-hmm. strictly because most of their guys playing are young guns like some of the guys are playing yeah. like key spots or freshmen, and a lot of them are really good. And mm-hmm. some of them who aren't playing are going to be playing. Yeah, and they're just getting reps. This is a big. I mean, we're like where they were last year, where they are now. Mm-hmm. Even with the catastrophe Georgia Tech and this hiccup at NC State and UNC, like you know they they're in a better spot than they were last year. They're going to a yeah. bowl game this year. I think they have the 11th recruit right now. They're ranked the 11th in the recruiting rankings. Mm-hmm. They have 10, four stars already locked down. Um, you could say, well, if Florida's ranked top three, they're ranked third in the recruiting rankings, but they're in a similar spot. But I just think that as far as the whole program goes and an outlook, I give me Miami over them because a, how the schedule looks going into next year. Mm-hmm. B I trust the coaching staff more with Miami. Yeah. And see, I just, I don't, I don't really think it's really just, I think there's just their projected, their projection, it just feels like they're in a better spot. Florida, mm-hmm. as you know, they, they got to lock down these, this recruiting class. The lack of coordinatorship and decision making mm-hmm. is hurt them. They're, they're two playing with a bunch of young guys. I mean, their best yeah. receivers are freshmen. So, yeah. like, they're, they got there's going to be hiccups in the road by these young guys, but I don't know. I mean, they have a really bad schedule next year for them. Yeah, it a tough doesn't get any better or it doesn't get any easier. But it's gonna it's gonna be some growing pains with Florida. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Miami. So I I agree. I think Miami. Um, so I think the biggest thing that sits with me is that I don't know how you are, but. It absolutely does feel like Billy Napier's job is like the seat is warming up for him. I I still think it's maybe like they're about to turn the burner on. Yeah. Well, what I mean by that is that if he loses his next four games, right, which includes a three left this year and then to start next year with Miami, right? Yeah. He loses those four games straight because he'll be they'll be underdogs in probably all four of those games. Well, they are just playing a home, I don't know next year for Miami, but, you know, just guessing on Miami will probably be returning a lot of guys and they'll have 
You know what I mean? They did better this year. They'll have more guys. I, I would just guess Miami would probably be favored by a couple points, maybe three or something. But um, if 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 I'm not, I'm sitting there, I'm going. Miami has a coach who the school has undeniable faith in. They've already made a bowl game. And quite frankly, at this point, all they have to do is somehow hold on to a decent recruiting class. Mm-hmm. And they will. And, yeah, I think they will too because I think Crystal Ball's a good recruiter. Mm-hmm. Now, with Florida, on the other hand, the problem with them is you have a million different things happening, right? You have not only a young team, but you have people questioning your your coaching job, people questioning why don't why haven't you hired an offensive coordinator? You have an incredibly tough schedule to play, where you know, especially with a fan base like my uh, Florida who expect to win every single year, mm-hmm. or just I be think, competitive. Yeah, it's just like you're. I think it's a it's in a war, he's in a worse situation. So I think Florida is a much worse situation right now than Miami. I uh, I asked a Florida someone that like works with the recruit recruits like in the recruiting area this mm-hmm. weekend and at Florida and they I said just give me your unbiased this was off the record or everything yeah. but like I just said like give me your what's your take like yeah. what, like give me an unbiased answer like as far as like mm-hmm. what do you think the, is he the guy yeah like, what's they said that they think that he needs more time mm-hmm. which I could I understand yeah I mean. He, Every coach and, needs more time, though. But it's – I think it's – they said, like, but they need to see some sort of improvement going into yeah. – if it's seven and five. Hire an OC, get a seven wins, and I think mm-hmm. you're fine. And I also think he needs to win win games against more rivals, too. Yes. At least so, he's competitive. I, yeah, because, like, if you – if you you know, you get blown out by Georgia two years in a row, right? And you're not even really competitive in either Two of years games. in a row, it's – well, like, Napier specifically. Napier oh, specifically, okay. just ignoring, you know, ignoring the previous staff because yeah. that's why that's what I think Florida is saying they're trying to do that. Like when you, you know, you hear people from Florida talking about, oh, well, Billy has to do so much stuff. So we're ignoring, you know, what Dan Mullins last year and, and Billy Napier's first year, right? Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, he gets a wash because the previous staff ruined him. Mm-hmm. So, but I do think, you know, next year, if, you have to you have to go to Tennessee. You have to go to Tallahassee, right? If you lose, you know, three in a row to Georgia, three in a row to Florida State, mm. you lose against Miami. I think it's just like you're gonna have the entire world against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, um, it's it's just a bad spot for. It's a tough that's spot. Why I, that's why I think that job is not a fun. Like if you're a coach. It's a job where you're going to get paid a lot, but the pressure, there's not a lot of job, jobs. It's, the SEC, it's that SEC pressure. It, but it's and not just SEC pressure. It's, a, it's an SEC program that expects to win pressure. Yeah. But there's not a lot of programs that are like that. In this maybe country. they should just re-examine their expectations. Yeah, because I think, I think Florida is trying to be Georgia when they need to understand that they're more of a... Tennessee. In, in the SEC, they're more of like at that Auburn level. Where, not Auburn right now, but Auburn just historically in the SEC, where you're like, you know, every couple of years you're going to compete, you're going to maybe do this. You're not Georgia or Alabama where you're just going to be dominant for 20 years. That's not this program. Right. That's not the coach you have hired right now. 
Yeah, no, you're you're. That's not. Yeah. Here. I'm just but that's up. also just what you get by being in the SEC too. The um. It's a lot harder to be. So tired. if you look at their last, if you go back all the way to just 2012. Yep. When Will Muschamp was there. Well, let's just say no. We'll say 2023. So we'll just do last starting 2013. Yep. 2013. You have. Three only three seasons where they've reached double digit wins. Yeah. So and and not and only one of those seasons did they finish first mm-hmm. in the East. The other season they finished first in the East was in 2020. They only they went eight four that year. Yep. So they 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 need to adjust the the overall landscape. Florida is not a perennial team right now. No. They are not, not a national title team. They need to reflect it. It's the same thing that Penn State fans do, Miami fans yep. do every year. It's the same thing that USC fans do every year. Yeah, I get the hype. You want to be excited for your team, but you need yeah. to understand the ex- You need to understand where you are as a program before you start. Yeah, like that's Florida. what I I think I think USC and all those teams from the Pac-12 are making a massive mistake. Moving, even though you're going to make a lot more money, but you're all of a sudden going to go from the ability to run conferences to the ability to be eight and four and proud of that. Yeah. And I think it's going to destroy some fan bases being that. We'll see. It's going to make or break you. All right. We're going to get out of here with winners and losers of the week here. Mm -hmm. My winners of the week, the week 10 edition. I got Oklahoma state. Good pick. Bedlam. Finally, they, you win the final one. Mike Gundy proves his record in Bedlam to four and fifteen. So nice job there, Mike. Ollie yep. Gordon continues to make his Heisman case with another huge day, even when he got banged up some. Uh, but listen, huge win at home, and they keep rolling towards a Big Twelve title in sight. <laughs> and Arkansas, first win for the Piggies in the swamp. They were zero and five going in. Mm-hmm. It was the first game with a new OC. KJ Jefferson played well, but out of all of that, you go into the swamp, which you know it's still one of the toughest places to get a win. Yeah, and they get a night. They get a great, really good win. Sam Pittman gets a big win that he so desperately needed. I feel like mm-hmm. Arkansas was always going to be was watching the game live there and I'm just saying to my buddy I said this is going to be an Arkansas fashion where they're just yeah. going to they're going to lose this they're going to yeah. totally lose this in the most Arkansas way fat, fat, or possible yeah they didn't they won and now here they are who are your winners so my first winner I had Georgia Tech Georgia Tech blew out Virginia 45 to 17 first time they've won back to back games this season and more than anything, they're up to five wins now, so they need one more win to be bowl eligible. You know, I was wrong. I thought Virginia was going to get them, but they didn't. So that's they on me. We're going to own that. Them. They murdered Virginia. They scored we 21 a, uh, points in the second quarter. We had a rough that's week. Crazy. We, could have, we're, we had a rough week in the betting department, but yeah, yeah, still over 500. That's all that matters. And time to bounce back this upcoming mm-hmm. weekend. So. Uh, and then my second second? winner was UCF football. They finally get the monkey off their shoulders. They win a Big 12 game. Obviously, it was against Cincinnati, a former American Conference opponent. However, they finally get that win in the Big 12. Big time for them. They play Oklahoma State this coming weekend. So you know what? Maybe they're going to come in loose now. They're not going to have that pressure. Because I think 
I don't know if you watched that West Virginia game, but that game was I really had a, close until all of a sudden that fourth quarter. Yeah, I so I didn't watch that one. I was keeping an eye on it. Mm-hmm. But speaking of West Virginia, making him my honorable mention, I guess for winners. Yeah. How about the Mountaineers? Six wins. They get to the bowl eligibility. They're mm-hmm. six and three. They are not out of it in the Big Twelve <laughs> title race. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. They got a huge game in Oklahoma this weekend. Listen, I think Garrett Grange is Garrett Grange is playing a just great football. CJ Donaldson's running the heck out of the ball. They got guys on the outside. The defense is playing serviceable enough. They just obliterated BYU this weekend. Beat it by 30. Mm-hmm. And now you get the trip to Norman. You beat them last year. Can they do it again this year? Yeah. That'll be the big one. I think they're like 13 point favorites right now. I love Mountaineers in this spot to at least cover. Yeah. So I, Mountaineers, honorable mention. My loser so of the week. Make this short and sweet. UF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the last really winnable game of your schedule. Now you got LSU, Missouri, both on the road, and now you get Florida State at home, which is rumored to be – I've heard rumors that it could be a noon game. Yes. stinks because I don't like noon games for rivalry games. And, yep. And that I don't like the sun hitting me and getting me sunburned. So mm-hmm. that's my – that's my first loser. Yeah. Uh, Sam Hartman, just don't want more from you. Mm-hmm. No, barely a clip, under 200 yards passing. Yeah. No touchdown. It's just known on the air. I think he had one rushing, but just wanted more from you overall this season. Didn't, haven't mm-hmm. gotten it. So you're my loser. And finally, Alex Grinch. The Grinch is gone. He didn't, he stole <laughs> USC defense. Yeah. But now his heart is full and unemployed is his next calling. Thank you, Alex, for your loser. <laughs> loser so, week 10. So my biggest losers of the week are uh, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M specifically. Oh, another nail-biter loss in the column for Texas A&M. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there my God. Go, right? I mean, it, it's like the jokes write themselves at this point. I mean, That's right. They win. do. You can't win. They can't win close games. They can't. They can't beat Ole Miss for some reason. This is back to back. Is this the third straight time they've lost to Ole Miss? Probably. I mean, just unfortunate too, because they were yeah beating them. I think at one point. Yep. Yeah, they were at one point. They were one, like one point beating them. Thirty-one twenty-seven was mm-hmm. the up. They were up. Yep. But hey, <laughs> hey my, who I knows? Mean, and then my other loser was Colorado, specifically head coach Deion Sanders. Demotes your offensive coordinator, your young offensive coordinator, only for you to be able to score 19 points and lose your game. They covered. Hey, listen, Dion's playing the spread, guys. He's playing chess, not checkers. <laughs> I mean, look, this is what I'll say about Colorado now, right? They have three games left. They're four and five. All three games, I think they're double-digit underdogs. They play Arizona, Washington State, and then Utah. Do they get the two wins they need? No. Okay. Just being honest with you, I think they sit at four wins on this season. Good first year for Deion Sanders in a bad program, but really underachieving after that start. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we had people – there were people really who had them ranked in the top 25 at one point this season. I mean, put that in That's called recency bias at its finest. Yeah. As – um, the Penguins goaltender just got hurt. He's made a glass already, and now he just got hurt. So 
And a special mention for Sam Hartman. Um, you know, you do play quarterback pretty badly when you play against Clemson for some reason. You just mm-hmm. seem to just underdeliver, but you are a very good looking man, so I can't put you as a loser of the week because are you ever really losing? <laughs> That's how I'll end it. So <laughs> those are our winners and losers of the week. Yep. Um good show. Please yeah, make no, sure. I think it was a pretty good show this yeah. week. Please make sure you guys are subscribing. Remember, we're trying to get to 100 subscribers. So if you know anybody mm-hmm. that hasn't been subscribed to the channel or loves college football, tell them to subscribe. Watch us. Yeah. We, we love new people watching and liking our stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, listen on Spotify. Subscribe there as well. We will be out Thursday with Week 11 preview. Lots of good games to preview. So can't wait for that. And uh, any final thoughts? Nope. That's All right. no. awesome. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you Thursday. Peace out. See you guys.